welcome to Let's Plant Houses, the podcast where we delve into the incredible journey of special needs parents. I'm your host, Wendy Ernson. Together, we'll explore the resilience of this remarkable community. Whether you're a parent, a caregiver, or simply seeking to understand more about this journey, you're in the right place. So today I have Star, a fellow special needs parent, joining us on the show. So thank you so much for being here today, Star. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Um, Star and I have known each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so anyway, so I'm really grateful that you could be here. Um, So where I'd like to start, if you wouldn't mind, would you tell us or tell the listeners a little bit about your family? Absolutely. So my husband and I, um, we have now been married for 11 years, and um, we originally didn't think we could have children. And then I met this wonderful little baby, Bianca, when she was three months old and fell completely in love and convinced him that we needed to adopt her. And when it became apparent that her birth mother was not going to be able to reunite with her, um, and she became available for adoption, Um, we committed to adopting her. And then three weeks later, found out we were pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. So we went from zero to two um, (laughs) pretty quickly. And uh, Bianca's mother, her birth mother, um, suffers from paranoid schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. She also has cerebral palsy and some other um, cognitive impairments. So her inability to care for Bianca was absolutely not her fault. It's just a matter of circumstances. So um, luckily, we have an open adoption, so Mm -hmm. um, Bianca does have contact with her birth mom and gets to um, uh, be in contact with her on a weekly basis, and we get the privilege of being her parents. That's amazing. Um, So I know, based on her history, that you probably thought from an early age that something was just a little different. So... um, I guess, would you tell me a little bit about the steps that led to her diagnosis? Sure. So we noticed that she wasn't speaking Mm -hmm. in um, uh, as expected with milestones. So that was the first clue. Also, again, family history. Um, Both of her, her her birth mother and her half-brother have a chromosomal microduplication that um, leads to a predisposition for autism, developmental delays, and um, how did you figure that out? Um, uh, her actually, my my uncle had her um, birth mother and her half brother, who now uh, he has adopted um, okay. her half brother, um, had had them tested, and that oh, wow. when they they did the genetic testing, that was one of the outcomes that came from it. Um, so we kind of knew that mm-hmm. Bianca would pr- likely have some of these issues. So from a very early age, um, I had luckily um, people in my community, including yourself, <laughs> who kind of clued me into some of the things we could be doing for early intervention because early intervention is key. That's right. So um, we got Bianca uh, coordinated with a um a speech therapist when she was two mm-hmm. and began working really hard on things like language and communication. Um, we, I love um, Generation Mindful, has wonderful resources. Tell me about that. What is that? Um, generationmindful.com. Uh, they have a time-in toolkit that uses lots of pictures and graphics for explaining feelings and emotions. So we got um, emotion boards and whatnot for Bianca. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that existed. Oh, it's fabulous. It did not fabulous. exist that I know of when my mm. child was young. That would have been great. I think the best thing I have gotten from Generation Mindful, it's in one of their lists of mantras to tell yourself when you're losing patience with your child is 
your child's behavior is not your report card. Oh, yes. that is so helpful. It was because really, as parents, mm-hmm. that's so. I mean, what else are you going to gauge? You know, when this is happening, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I love that. It was that. a really, really important piece of advice for me to understand. Um, because not everybody understands what you're dealing with mm-hmm. and the judgment sometimes you get when your child is having a meltdown mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do about it. And Especially like you're a new mom, mm-hmm. right? And so um, you don't know necessarily, I mean, even even if you've been around other children like your whole life, you don't know necessarily like the things are the right things happening or not happening um, because you're new at it. Absolutely. And then it was compounded. So it, I, I'll never forget one day... Um, so I had, Elena was born by this time. So I had my newborn, I had B, we call Bianca B. Mm-hmm. So B and Elena, B was not communicating effectively at the time. Elena's a newborn. They were both crying. I started crying. My husband <laughs> walks in the door. He looked at us and he went, nope. <laughs> and he turned around and walked back out and went and got himself together. He came back later and he goes, okay, I can do this now. You go take a nap. I went upstairs and he he took the girls over from there. But we were all crying because we're like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's so interesting, like looking back or even as I watch other new mothers, like none of us know what we're doing Absolutely. at all. And we're all figuring it out. And we are so horrible as mothers about giving ourselves grace and, you know, we'll give it to other people and, yep. oh, we'll tell it. Like, it's really easy for me <laughs> to tell other new moms, like, oh my gosh, it's fine. You're doing great. You're perfect. Yep. But, you know, being hypercritical of myself and yep. I'm working on that, but I, I recognize it. Well, mm-hmm. I'll just say, I know that you are an amazing mom, but oh, thank you. <laughs> we can talk about that more offline. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like you guys have started speech. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing probably OT. Um, no, nope, just really speech oh, really and a speech? lot of a lot of emotional stuff. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So the emotional so, support. She was young. So yep. then, so then we get to school age, and um, she enrolls in kindergarten. And it was funny because I reached out to the district during preschool. Yeah. So preschool hit during COVID for B. Oh wow. And so I was like, I'm. She's going to need extra help. Yeah. How can I get extra help? Yeah. So we went through a lot of testing when she was still preschool age. Okay. Um. And I ended up in this weird catch-22 because we had done enough with her different therapies to get her to a normal range. Mm -hmm. So she was normal, borderline normal, like at the low end, so she didn't qualify for any special education services. Yet I know, like, there's—I knew there was developmental delays, Mm -hmm. um, but we, again— Taking her through all the steps to try to get an official diagnosis was was hard. It was during COVID, you know, trying to get doctors lined up. Oh, who I were can't able imagine. To see. It was it was a lot. Um, so, COVID post COVID, she enrolls in kindergarten, mm-hmm. and during the first six months of kindergarten, it was it was really difficult. So by not, by now we have some solid diagnosis, developmental delays, okay. um, and um, ADHD mm-hmm. were her were her diagnoses. Okay. Um, but again, at that time, she had it, there was not enough evidence that she was at a level to need special education. So, well, and also she hadn't been in the school, so they didn't have the documented evidence. So it's that's very challenging exactly. for you. So, you know, the principal, like I started off like day one, I'm like, my kid is going to need some extra help. What can we do here? Yeah. So lots of calls, you know, you have to pick Bianca up. She's uh, So it being sounds disruptive. like this is turning into your plant-a-house moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, 
So, so I, lots I, of advocacy in the school for you. Mm-hmm. And it felt really impossible, Wendy. Like, you know, when you talk about these um, impossible moments that we have to overcome. So here I am, like, you know, did I do the right thing by my child by mm-hmm. bringing her levels up to normal while I'm still here? Now I can't get her extra services or the help that she needs. Right. And, you know, she's getting sent home from school. What's on a the regular school's basis. suggestion at this point of how to support her? Um, the, the feedback we were getting is we just need to keep documenting it. We just need to keep documenting it. Okay. So, um, meanwhile, I felt really bad for the kindergarten teacher who was trying her best with all the children and you have this one that's disruptive and climbing on the furniture Mm -hmm. and jumping off the bookshelf. So craving sensory input. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they, they did have a special needs teacher there who did take her from time to time unofficially. Yeah. Um, really, really great guy. Um. Still, still friends of the family because um, oh, he, yes, he's he's just fabulous, and she bonded with him. <laughs> but she needed, I think, full time support. So yeah. then it all came to a head um, right around uh, just before Christmas time when Bianca threw a chair at her teacher and injured the teacher. Oh wow! So they called us up to the school and basically said she cannot come back. And this um, is after four months of you working hand-in-hand uh, hand with the school, telling them about B, yep. what she, I mean, not that you necessarily knew what she needed, but you mm-hmm. knew she needed more resources. Mm-hmm. And so then it came to this place. Okay, yep. go on. Came to this place. So we ended up have to, having to connect with the Children's Center mm-hmm. to have her um, seen by somebody there who could say that she is not a danger to herself or the community. Oh like gosh. it was really... And that's got to be heartbreaking was, for you guys that they put you in this place. It was it was pretty heartbreaking um, to to look at this this absolutely amazing child. My child is so amazing. She's so loving. She's so kind. But when she's triggered or when mm-hmm. she's she's when she's overstimulated, she would just. She she just she she doesn't know how to process yeah, things. She doesn't know how to let it go. And I didn't know how to help her at the time. We were trying different medications, and nothing was mm-hmm. really working the way um, it needed to. She's really tiny, yeah. so um, Bianca had some malnutrition issues as an infant, and okay. so you know here we have this very tiny child. She's mm-hmm. um, so you know there's only certain medications we could give her at right. her weight. Right. So a lot going on. Um, at that moment. Mm-hmm. So how did we get out of that? Um, yeah. So we ended up um, talking with the um, the principal and some other support uh, folks from our district, and we found out that there's actually a school in our district um, that is for children with emotional impairments. Really? Yes. So um, really excited to find out that there's this resource out there. Um, tell, we, tell me more about it. So um, this school has, so at kindergarten, so mm-hmm. when Bianca enrolled, she was in yeah. kindergarten, there are four students in her class, a teacher, two aides. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. I love this. Um, it is a K through 12 school. Mm-hmm. And... Um, oh, all the way through high school. All the way through high school. And again, the, the goal of the school is to get kids emotionally stable yeah. from a developmental perspective so that they can go back into a ministry. But you have this option now. I have this option now. Okay. Yes. And it was like so much weight got lifted. They have speech therapists in-house. I think the interesting thing too, um, you know, God bless um, the the school she was at. Um, 
But what would happen is, so when Bianca would act up in class, Mm -hmm. they would pull her out of class and they would send her to the special ed teacher I talked about who she loves, or they would send her to the counselor who she loves. Oh, so So it's almost like she act up to go go hang out with the people she wants to hang out with. Yes. It was positive reinforcement (laughs) of negative behavior. And, you know, I get that they had to do what they had to do so the other kids could learn, but um, at the, at the school um, that she's at now, if she is having a difficult time and acting out, she goes to support. It's called support. Okay. So support is a boring classroom with a support specialist who um, is there to teach them coping skills, how to calm down, but there's no like, oh, poor baby. There's nothing fun. Nothing fun. (laughs) Nothing fun. There's no- But there's skills to learn. There's skills to learn. Okay. So, and she still goes to support from time to time. Um, That's what it's Bianca for. Bianca is seven now. Okay. Um, and so is that second, second grade? grade. Yes. That, and so she's still on track? Um, so she she's developmentally probably around kindergarten. Okay. Um, but again, the school is designed, she's, she's in second grade. I love it. Um, but they're teaching her where she is. They're meeting her where she is. So I love that. And I'm so That's glad amazing. that we found that. And I'm just going to... Um, yeah. As an aside, so just to kind of talk about. So, yes, Bianca has made great strides. She knows her letters. She knows her sounds. She knows her colors. Um, but I think the thing that I'm most proud of with her is she's learning to recognize things differently. Mm-hmm. So last Friday, I took her to see Paw Patrol with her sister because she had done really well during the week. That's great. She didn't get blue sheets, which are when she goes to support, <laughs> she gets a blue sheet. So no blue sheets. No pink. So our reward is we're going to go to um, see Paw Patrol. Okay. On the way out, she saw the candy. She really wanted the candy. We can't have candy. We're so um, I asked her. I, I use um, a technique called I five times. Bianca, we need to leave the candy there. Bianca, I'm asking you two times to leave the candy alone. B, this is three times. Don't make me get to five. So I tell her how many times I've told her okay. about this thing because it helps her to understand. Oh, this isn't the first time mommy has said this. Okay, I got to five. So then that's when we physically remove you from the, the object. So I grabbed, grabbed her arm and I start walking her out yep. of the theater. And she's screaming and crying, let me go, let me go. And I'm holding on to her very calmly. And then she bit me and broke the oh, skin. Oh, no. So I'm like, okay. So we go home and I tell my husband, I'm like, she bit me. I'm going to go take a moment by myself if you could handle the discussion. So, you know, he sat her in. The chair talked with her about how that wasn't appropriate. Um, the next morning, she comes to me and she goes, "Mommy, I'm really sorry. I bit you." I said, "It's okay, baby." She goes, "Do you forgive me?" Of course, I forgive you. I will always forgive you. And then she says to me, "Mommy, why do I bite people? I don't want to bite people." Oh, so breaking my heart a little bit because um, you know, and that's the thing. Like sometimes when our kids act out, it's not intentional. Right. They're not trying to embarrass us. They're not trying to do these things that are socially unacceptable. They just can't in the moment. Right. Right. So um, so we talked about why. You know, I said, well, I think you were really frustrated. And instead of instead of talking to me about it, you know, that's just what you did. But we really got to find a different way to to deal with our frustrations when we're frustrated. Um, I'll tell you something else I do that I got from my therapist. Um, uh, yes, I'm a high, super advocate of parents getting therapy. Uh, so am I, but go on. <laughs> yeah, super helpful. And just so, yeah, for all my listeners, I too see a therapist and she is amazing. Um, uh, was that, you know, let myself have big emotions in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I'm angry, 
I will over emote my anger. Sometimes when I'm frustrated, mm. I will over emote my frustration and talk to them about it oh. and talk to them about what I'm doing to calm Almost down. like cartoonish a little bit because that's what kids might understand easier yes. or yes. faster. Yes. I love that. Exactly. So, and it's interesting too, sometimes when I'm, I'm doing that, Bianca will say to me, oh, mommy, we, we have to calm down. And we do this thing where we lift our hand up <laughs> and we lower our hand and we go five, four, three, Two, and she's one, now doing three. that with you. She'll do it to oh, me. That She'll just be like, bless "Oh, her. mommy, you're very upset. We need to. We need to count. <laughs> Bye. Breathe. You know." And it's just <laughs> the cutest thing. And, and but you're teaching them these skills that none. I mean, did did you learn any of this stuff when you were a kid? I did not. No. I did not. It was no. suck it up, bottle it up, hold it up, right? Because that's don't, what our generation. And don't cry. And don't cry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Crying is okay in our house. Um, <laughs> Um, with both my children, because both my 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 youngest is is pretty dramatic. Um, <laughs> so this is something I developed really early with them. So I will pick them up, I will hold them, and I, I say to them, I will absolutely hold you as long as you're not screaming in my ear. Oh, so you can cry, you yeah. can be upset. Yeah. It's okay to be angry. Just don't scream in my ear. Right, you're hurting my ears. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, and my kids have been pretty good about that, and I still use that to this well, day. Yeah, because hugs are so important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that physical contact is essential. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're upset. Mm-hmm. Oh. So yeah, so Bianca is seven. She is um, at a school that is supporting her in the way she needs to. We found medication that works for her. Um, luckily, she gained enough weight for us to be able to use mm-hmm. a slow release. Um, she uses methylphenidate. Okay. Um, and uh, for her, that's what she needs, and that um, that's a wonderful thing. It is. It is. You know, I, I my husband's a teacher, and um, he comes home just. Dis- discouraged sometimes because some of the parents of children that he teaches mm. are a little bit in denial about the things their children may need. And they, oh, my child will never be on medication. And they right. think it's such a horrible thing. And I'm like, no, no, this is this is helpful. This is what we need. Um, to well, you're afford. freeing them to be who they want to be mm-hmm. because some of the stuff they don't know how to control. And that's the only, that's, a, that's another support mm-hmm. that they need. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Yep. That's really hard. Um, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. So what would you say, so right now it sounds like your plans for the future is to keep B at this school Mm -hmm. um, because she's being well supported. Mm -hmm. sounds like you guys are getting great tools and resources outside of the school when you need them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess so far with your journey, I know it has, do you, it may not seem like it's been that long, but it's substantial. Seven years. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's substantial what Mm -hmm. you guys have done. Mm -hmm. So now having gone through this, I mean, how would you, I mean, how are you sharing what you've learned with others? So um, I have a couple of Facebook support groups that I belong to. Mm -hmm. I'm very vocal on my job. Um, oh. that I have a child with special needs and some of my um, coworkers have reached out and I've been able to help them. And they've been able to give me some resources. Again, I think- Oh, that's fantastic. Removing the stigma, removing yeah. the shame. Um, you know, my child is is neurodiverse um, mm-hmm. and that is a wonderful thing. Um, I was sharing with you earlier, one of the things if Bianca's doing something that might be a little bizarre um, and people are looking at me, sometimes I'll go, her brain is special and I'll kiss my fingers and touch her forehead. Um, I love that. I wish I had known that. Like that would have been a great idea when my daughter was young. I love that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it also works for my my younger daughter. Sometimes if, um, you know, she's with friends and Bianca does something, that's how Elena describes Bianca. Her brain is so special Um, to help kids understand that she might have different needs. Um, Yeah. So, or she goes to, so she, for aftercare, she is with her 
um, peers from the 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 mainline uh, school, mainstream school. And I do that intentionally, so she does have time with different peers. Yep. In a more chaotic social setting, sure. she has to learn. It's to, like a good test, like a testing place for her to just continue to like try out her emotions mm-hmm. and learn skills. Exactly. And and I've told the teachers there, I'm like, that's how we talk about uh, Bianca, her, her brain is special. So if other kids are wondering, you know, why is Bianca getting time on an iPad when we're not allowed to have mm-hmm. one? It's because that's what she needs at this time right. and in this moment, because her brain is different. Her brain is special. Um, so that's been really great. And, you know, just, just looking back, I think um, the advice I would give to listeners is, you know, Find out what resources are available in your district, because some districts may have um, a school that is specifically geared towards kids with special needs, not just in the school, not just a special needs program, but a whole different school, which I didn't even know existed. Um, And it was so life changing when we found it. And then um, the last thing I want to share, I'm going to share my Disney story. So, yeah, um, when we took the girls to Disney, which... um, uh, is is always an adventure. No matter um, who you take there. Like, yes. Yeah, it's yes. busy, busy. Uh-huh. And and traveling with a special needs kid can can come with its own challenges, especially airports. Airports are very stimulating. There's a lot of noise, a lot yes. of people. Um, but we happened to be at a theme park, and we um, Bianca was having a hard time, and Um, I was dealing with her, and then we lost my other daughter. Um, So, like, for 30 minutes, it was a little bit of chaos. Ended up, had both kids, my my husband, my mom. So all five of us were back together, and I just needed a space where we – we all were together a little bit contained. So we went to a ride that has that has line like control. So like we get in the line and there's walls on either side. So now I know where everybody is. Yep. And Bianca was doing something – um, I can't remember specifically what it was, but the the young lady in front of us was looking at her, and I said, her brain is special. And I kissed my hand, touched her brain, mm. and the girl's eyes lit up. She goes, I have autism and ADHD. Is she like me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, um, she 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 is. And, and the two of them started bonding. It was actually really funny because I said, oh, Bianca, do you like her bathing suit? And Bianca goes, no. <laughs> And the girl's name was Olivia. She was from the UK. She's like, yeah, I used to be rude like that. I didn't understand that was rude when I was a kid. I would do stuff like that too. And it was just a really funny moment. And we were bonding (laughs) and I looked at her mom and I said, you know, she's 16. She seems amazing. She had shared with me that, you know, um, Olivia had was taking her exams and had a job and all these things that um, she never thought she would do yeah. as an individual with autism and ADHD. And she was so proud of her. And I said, okay, so here I am. My child was six at the time. I have a six-year-old. What advice would you give me? And so now I pass this advice on to everybody. And she looked at me square in the eye and she goes, trust that she's going to be okay. <laughs> And I started boohooing and just like was a total mess in this line at Disney. But it's so true. And she said, I missed out on so much joy that I could have had in the moment worrying about how she was going to get a job. How was she going to function in society? Was I doing enough? Was I, was I, you know, doing too much? You know, what was it? And she goes, just trust that she's going to be okay. And my husband reminds me of that moment to this day when I'm maybe feeling overwhelmed or, Mm -hmm. you know, am I doing the right things for Bianca? And it's, it, and, and that is just so profound. It's so simple, but it's so profound. That and I think all parents can identify with that or with that concept. But when you have a kid with special needs, 
you always feel like you need to keep going. You mm-hmm. have to keep doing. You have to keep going because you, you don't want to miss something that could support them, that could help them. And that advice that you're giving today is profound because it gives us also time to rest. I mean, having a rested parent, um, an emotionally balanced parent, mm-hmm. so they're not pushing so hard, also is helpful in growing up. Absolutely. So, wow, mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am that you were able to join us today, Star. Um, so I just want to thank you so much for being here today um, and sharing this story because I'm super, super grateful to have you here today. And I want to say thank you to you, Wendy. I don't think you understand how impactful you've been to me. You know, I I think of a couple nights. I called you crying one time. I was bawling my eyes out, and you were at a function. You might have been at the um, Autism Alliance Gala. You t- you stepped out of your gala to talk to me. Well, of course I would. <laughs> <laughs> and just calm me down because there were so many moments, especially early on, where, you know, the 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 three hour temper tantrums, this, this mm-hmm. crying, and, and it wasn't even a temper tantrum, just she was experiencing things she didn't know how to, and I didn't, and mm-hmm. just to have somebody again say, hey, it's going to be okay. Here's what I did with Nick, and here's what worked for me. Here's what didn't work for me. Here's some things you can try, because not everything that works for B is going to work for everybody's kids. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, you know, you, I, I will say one thing. I was proud of myself for taking the moment to reach out and ask for help because that's not always easy. And I would encourage your listeners, call even if it seems like it's something simple, call and ask somebody, hey, what strategies did you use here? Here's what I'm experiencing. Any thoughts? Just have a thought partner, somebody yes. who's been there, somebody who can help you see things. You through need some way. kind of support network. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's just a great point, Star, because there are organizations too, mm-hmm. just in case listeners, in case you don't know someone on your team. Um, I would tell you if you're in Michigan, go to the Michigan Alliance for Families. They have peer advocates, um, parents that can work directly with you. Um, obviously, your friends will help you. I mean, I... Star has also been here for me for many other things, which we're not going to get into today. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, support is so important from... Um, peers and if you, you know, your family, whoever, but because you don't need to be alone. Mm-hmm. You're not in this alone. And I don't feel alone. Thank you so much. Thank you so <laughs> much. Um, thank you. So for those of you listening in, uh, we hope you found some inspiration today and a connection with what you heard. And if you'd like to support this resilient community, please consider subscribing, leaving a review or sharing this podcast with others. Um, So join us next time on Let's Plant Houses. Take care.